Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited for you to join us today. To find out more about us, visit highway.com.au. Who knows there's a lot of uncertainty around our world right now. I mean, you, look, you don't have to look far to know that there are uncertain times. Things are shifting, things are changing. Um, but who says that's not exactly where we need to be as people? Who says that uncertainty is a bad thing? Who says that not knowing what's going to happen next is a bad thing? You see, I want to talk to you today about sick of safe. This, this, this title, the title of today's message called Sick of Safe. What I mean by that is we should be getting sick of playing it safe as church, as people, as believers in God. If one thing the last 2020 has taught us is that we can't live a safe life right now. We can't afford to live secure and planned and have everything around us exactly the way we want it because that plan is going to be destroyed again and again and again and again. We find ourselves in uncertain times, but we find ourselves with a certain saviour. See, on the way here today, I was driving and I took a different route to the way that I would usually take to get to Highway Gilston. And um, what happens is I'm not great with directions sometimes and I don't like to admit it. Like Poppy always says that I'm the worst driver in the relationship, but I believe I'm the best driver and she's just, you know, we're getting there with her. But the thing is, it's, we'll, we'll pray for her after the service. It'll be fine. Pray for me, actually. <laughs> um, but what happened is, I took the different route and I hadn't really in my mind, I had no idea where I was going, but I, I, I thought I knew. You know when you think you know where you're going? Like you've been around here, you're around the roads that you know, but you don't quite know where you are in relevance to them. So you're sort of, you sort of know. Okay, I'm driving and it would have been a couple minutes in and I'm thinking, I hope this is going to where I think it's going. Uh, and I'm, you know when you're looking towards the corners and you're like, I can't quite see, but I'm thinking I'm getting to where about where I'm going to know what to, what to do, how to get there. And I'm driving around the corners and I'm waiting and I'm waiting and I'm waiting. A few minutes go past and then I'm like, crap, I have to ask her for help. And I'm like, can you um, turn in the GPS? She's like, I knew it. She's like, I knew it. I didn't even need you to tell me. I was going to ask you, but I thought, you know what? I'll make you wait to ask me for directions. And legit, that happened on the way to church this morning. Not even, that's like no word of a lie, nothing. And, and it got me thinking is that's where we find ourselves right now in life is with the turmoil and, and pandemics and everything that's shaping and shifting around our life, we can get to a place where we're like, I think I know what I'm doing. I hope, and you get to that corner and you're like, no, nah, not quite. And, you know, Greater Brisbane are like, we're out, we're free. And, and then they go back into lockdown like, oh, well, we're taking that turn here again. And eventually we need to get used to the uncertainty of where we're going. We need to get used to the uncertainty of the life that we live. And uncertainty can be a great thing for those who choose to make it a great thing. Or uncertainty can be a bad thing for those who aren't willing to step into God. You see, I'm reminded of the scripture that says, in your weakness, then I'm strong. Or when we, when we come to the end of our, our, our strength, we begin His strength. And we all know the scripture that His strength becomes perfected in our weakness. But what if we flip it like this? When we're strong, then we are at our weakest. When we're feeling strong, when we feel, feel able, when we feel certain about what we're doing and where we're going, then we're actually at our weakest. It's the paradox of that scripture, that when we flip it, we have to realize that it's only in the places and spaces where we feel weak, 
where we feel uncertain, where we don't know what's going on around us, that is where we find our strength. That is an encouragement for us today. That is a hope for us today that although we don't quite know exactly what's going to happen in 2021, guess what? There's going to be moments where we feel weak, but there's strength in the weakness. And take it as an encouragement that the weaker you feel, the stronger God is working within you. That's the reality of the scripture, that we can't get used to living safe, mundane, certain lives. We have to release it and let God. See, we still use wisdom. We still apply what we know. We still do our best. But I'm saying there comes a time where we can't control the things that are happening to us or around us. We have to allow God to become our strength. See, this message is for anyone who's sick and tired of not knowing. This message is for anyone who's sick and tired of not knowing what the future holds and what to do here and there and everywhere around them. This message is for those people who are willing to say, you know what, I'm sick of trying to be certain. I just want to be with God. I just want to know that He is for me, that He is not against me. I love this quote. It says this, Naturally, we are inclined to be so mathematical and calculating that we look upon uncertainty as a bad thing. Certainty is a mark of the common sense life. Gracious uncertainty is the mark of a spiritual life. To be certain of God means that we are uncertain in all our ways. We do not know what a day may bring forth. This is generally, generally said with a sigh of sadness. It should rather be an expression of breathless expectation. I love that last part. It should rather be an expression of breathless expectations. The words I don't know are the hardest words for us as humans to say. I don't know. What do we do here? I don't know. What's the future hold? I don't know. What, what's 2021 going to be like? I don't know. No, but what I do know is that I have an expectation that my God is working something together for my good. My God is in this. He is not out of this. This is not something that's taken God by surprise. This is something that God's going to work His surprise into. In the story that we're reading, Jesus has sent His disciples across to the other side. The thing I love about this story is that Jesus actually sent the disciples into that storm. Have you ever been recommended to go somewhere or do something only to find out it wasn't all that great? Someone tells you to go to that restaurant, it's fantastic, you get gastro the next day? Or, or like, go to that holiday destination, it is fantastic, like my mum did one time. Go to this holiday spot, you'll love it. It's literally at the end of a runway for, for the airport. Like literally, the planes were like landing on top of us the whole holiday, it was so funny. But recommendations, Jesus makes a recommendation, jump in the boat, go across to the other side. And what we do in those moments where God just doesn't, it doesn't seem to line up with what we think God should do with us. God, why am I having to walk through this? Why is, you know, COVID happening? Why is my job so unsure? Why are finances so hard to come by? And we think, what am I doing wrong? God, what, what, what have I done wrong to deserve this? And can we flip that and go, well, what am I doing right? What, what am I doing right for Him to allow me into this so that I could learn something on the way in. You see, so often we, we discredit the situation, we think it's only a bad thing. 
If we go into a situation, this is a bad situation, then all it will be is a bad situation, a bad year. If we label it, as soon as we label it, it becomes that because we start to live from that. But if we say, no, no, it's not a bad situation, it's an opportunity. And 2021, 2020 was an opportunity, but 2021 can be an opportunity for God to work something in us. Sometimes he will allow us into the storm to teach us to walk on water. Sometimes he'll allow us so that he can teach us something from within the situation. What are you fighting today? What, what is going on between your ears? What, what's happening in your mind? What, what's happening in your heart? What are you fighting today? Those waves, those situations, that depression, that anxiety, that addiction, that hatred, that hopelessness, that fear, that uncertainty, that heartbreak, that relationship. What is it that's weighing on you today? I believe we serve a God who's willing and able to pull us out of safe living and into his victory, who's willing and able to pull us out of the certainty that we want in order to bring us into the uncertainty that we need as a church. From the scripture, I want to pull out just a few points that we'll touch on this morning. Number one is faith can't be subject to conditions, and this is quite obvious. It says, meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land, for a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. About three in the morning, Jesus came, and he began to walk on water. When the disciples saw him walking, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once, don't be afraid. He said, take courage. The truth of the matter is, if trusting God is dependent upon the situations of our life, then it's only a matter of time until we lose it. That's the truth. If trusting God is, it comes down to where we find ourselves and our understanding, then it's only a matter of time until we lose it. We will lose it. We will lose our faith. We'll lose our love for Him. We'll lose our joy for Him. We'll lose our love for church and meeting together if it's subject to conditions and situations and world events. But if faith in God is not subject to the conditions that we find ourselves in, it's only a matter of time until we gain it. How good is that? That it's only a matter of time until we gain the faith. If we go, I don't care what's happening around me. I don't care what's happening in my world. I'm going to gain faith. This is a gain faith year. This is a gain faith season. So we don't have to understand the situation, but we just need to trust God despite of it. So many people, this world is addicted to knowledge. I mean, you say something and my generation will Google it to fact check before you've even said it. Like they will be like, let me just check that on Google. I've got this. And you know, people, I'm, I used to think about that. People could just throw out anything they wanted back in the day. Like, oh, I know this fact and just throw it out. Who's going to have a, like a book on that thing to, you know, fact check? These days we've got phones. We're just like Google fact checking. We're addicted to knowledge. And the thing with God is sometimes we're like, we deserve the right to know God. No, we don't. We don't deserve the right to know. If everything in God was explainable, then he wouldn't be God at all. But if we can get to the point where we go, God, I would like to know. If I do get the chance to know, great. If I don't get the chance to know why, great. 
I trusting you anyway. I don't need knowledge. I don't need information. I don't need anything else other than to know that you love me, that you care for me, and that you have my best intentions in mind. That although I don't understand it, although I can't Google this and I can't get the answers from Google or my friends or my family, I just need to know this. You love me, you care for me, and I'm standing on the fact that my faith is not subject to conditions or circumstance. God will show up in the middle of nowhere when we start to embrace the uncertainty that life brings us sometimes. If we're hanging on to like, I'm certain, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I want to be certain about this. I want to be certain about the economy. I want to be certain about the world and governments and authorities. I want to be certain about everything around my life. We will strain ourselves trying to hold, hold on. But when we let go and let God, He's able to do something new. I remember one time, I was swimming with my two older brothers. I'm the youngest of two brothers, and then I have two younger sisters below me. And I was swimming with them, and we swam out to the broad water, that big Lego man-looking thing that floats on the surface. That's what we called it anyway. And we swam out in the middle of winter, which is crazy. Pouring rain, middle of winter, we swam out together. Now, I was like, maybe, maybe the annoying little brother who just followed them everywhere. <laughs> and we jumped onto this jetty, and it just started pouring rain, storming and pouring. The wind picked up, the waves are crashing onto it, and they're like bomb diving off, and I'm like, nah, I'm just gonna sit in the middle, I'm okay, I'm like five years old, so I'm like tiny. I'm like, I'm cool, I don't wanna jump in, there could be sharks in here or whatever. And then they turn to me, and they notice my fear straight away. They're like, oh, you don't wanna jump in, Dan? And I should have said, yeah, I do. But I said, nah, I don't wanna jump in. They're like, get him. They both literally like came at me and they ran towards me. I'm like trying to sprint around this like Lego man. I'm like sprinting. They're like chasing me the, to the other side and everything's going so quickly. And then before I know it, one, one has my hands and the other one has my legs. And they're going, three. And I'm like, oh God. Two. God, please save me. One. And they get through one and then they literally drop me on my back onto the Lego man and then, and I'm like, in the moment, I'm just thinking, what has, what's happened? And I literally hear mum go, stop. Whoa, that was a spray right there. Stop. You know that mum sound that like sh sends shivers up your spine? That was the sound. It was like the authority. And she's like, stop. You put him down. And they literally dropped me on my back. <laughs> and I'm like, mum, you should have just let them throw me into the water. <laughs> In that moment, mum come out of nowhere. She, was, she, heard, she had seen it happening. Her mum's senses must have kicked in from the beach. And she is literally there drenched in a tracksuit. Drenched in a tracksuit. And she is standing there and she's like, you put him down. And this is the thing. God sees you. He has his attention on you. And just in the moment where you think life is about to let you go, he is there to say, stop. Just in the moment where the disciples are fighting the waves, they're fighting the wind, he says, stop. And he continues to walk towards them. Notice this, he walked towards them. He didn't walk away from them, but he was drawn to them. And he is drawn to us in our moment of weakness. He is drawn to us in the moments where we feel like we've lost control. His strength in our weakness. And he says, take courage. I want to say this today. Take courage. Take courage for that circumstance. Take courage right now in where you find yourself in life. Don't look at 2021 like it's going to be a repeat, but say, 
tell your heart to take courage because God is with you and in you and fighting for you. He's not abandoned you. He's not lost you. He's not, he's not, you're not out of his sight. You haven't ran too far away from him to bring you back. His grace is enough. His goodness is enough. His power is enough for you today. As the things of this world fade, fades away, God draws closer. Everything that the disciples knew, all of the security that they knew was on the land. And they, as they drifted further and further and further away from that security, Jesus walked towards them. As we draw further and further and further away from our safeties, our, our feelings of you know, certainty, God is there with us. The second thing that we learn from the, this passage is that big questions lead to big answers. It says, then Peter called him, Lord, if it is really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. I think Peter got set up in this instance. I think Jesus really wanted him to say that, and Peter said that, but I don't think Peter actually meant that. In those moments when you speak too soon, and you realize that Jesus just called you out on it, or that God's calling you out, like you're like, I want to do this and this, and God goes, okay, go ahead, and you're left with that situation, you're like, my goodness. So Peter's in this situation with the boys in the boat. Yo, Jesus, if it is you, let me walk on water towards you. And Jesus is like, oh, come on, Peter. The disciples are all there like, Peter? Everyone else is like, you're going to do it? And he's like standing on the edge of the boat. Remember, Peter was a fisherman. His whole life, all he had known was the edge of that boat. His whole life, that was, he was used to the boat. He was used to the fishing. He was used to everything. But he was not used to stepping on the other side. He had been contained and restrained, and now he asks a question of Jesus in a moment that I didn't think he really thought about. And he goes, if it's you, let me walk towards you. And Jesus says, come on out. Big questions lead to big answers. You see, if we have big questions of God, God, would you allow me to do this in this situation? Would you allow me to be this person in this circumstance? Then God will say yes. And he will say, if it's with his will and we have the right heart towards him, he will say, come on out. Walk on top of the very thing that's contained and restricted you for your entire life. Peter got called out. God will call us out when we ask big questions of him. You see, when I studied journalism, the, the, one of the things they teach you is you've got to ask big questions to get big answers. Because when you, when you ask the big questions, people who you're interviewing will just start to rattle off and they'll start to answer it. And you don't want to obviously say yes, yes or no questions. You want questions that are broad and open. And when we come to God, we don't want to just make them small. We want to we wanna make our questions big. We want to make our questions extend our faith and not retract our faith. You notice one thing about Peter. He wasn't like, when Jesus come up and he's like walking on water and Peter sees him and the disciples see him. I think I found myself anyway, I'm, I'm like this sometimes, where I would have been more like this. Jesus, why did you send us into the storm? Or a modern one. Jesus, the air con is not working in church. How am, I supposed to, how am I supposed to encounter your presence when the aircon is not on, when the aircon is not working? Jesus, my seat is uncomfortable. Why have I not seen, why don't we have better seats in the house of God? 
We, say, we get small thinking and we get small with our questions. And we go, he could have said anything. Jesus, you knew that we were good. You know, I know you're all knowing. I know you're the son of God. Why did you send us here? But his question was not to blame God. It was to bring God in. And that's the, that's the place where we find ourselves. Do not get to the place where we look to blame God, but to bring him into our situations and into our circumstance. Paul's placed in a spot. Sorry, Peter's placed in a spot where he asks Jesus a big question. He gets a big response, but it doesn't stop there. He makes a big move. This is where, don't ask big questions of God if we're not willing to make a move as a result of that question. If, don't ask big questions of God if we're not willing to put our faith into works because God will often answer, and guess what? It includes you and me. It includes us. I remember I would drive past in Ormo, there's this billboard along the highway, an LED billboard, huge, along the M1, like right on the M1. And I would drive past it, and every time I would drive past it, I'd be like, God, one day we're going to have a um, youth event on that billboard. We're going to publicize to the community. It's going to be like so awesome. Youth kids are going to see it. People are going to see it and come to this youth event, and it's going to be awesome. And I would pray that every single time I would drive past it just about. And I remember I was praying and praying, and one day, I literally prayed that for about a year and a half, and I would just drive past every single time. And then God said one day, well, are you going to do anything about it? And I'm like, oh, that's probably a good point. And, and then I'm like thinking, I'm like, well, how do I actually get that billboard that's along the M1 that would probably cost way out of our budget? Because who knows that youth budgets aren't big people. They're not huge youth budgets. And um, how, do I, how do I even go about that? So I jumped on Google, got a contact, gave the advertising company a call. And I'm like, hey, I'm Dan. And I told them about what we do at youth. And I'm like, I've just seen your billboard and I've been driving past there for a while now. And I've got a youth event up in two weeks and um, it's about community people coming in and we provide a safe place and all that. And he goes, yeah, it sounds awesome. He's like, he's like, I actually go to another church on the coast. And I, I like run it with the owners, that billboard. I'm like, oh, sweet. So instantly there was like a connection. And so we started talking about church a bit. And then he goes, but the owner, he doesn't really do deals, and he's never done anything like this before. But you know what? I'll ask for you. I'm like, okay, cool. So we hang up the phone, and he gets back to me, and he says, um, usually what you're asking for is about $6,000. I'm like, great. <laughs> we'll take up a tithe offering <laughs> at youth. Wasn't going to get anywhere near that. And he says, what's your budget? And I'm like, I said a number, and it was well less than like 10% of that. Easy. And he said, you won't believe it, but the owner said you can have it for whatever you can afford. And so I literally put this event up on this billboard, this LED billboard. And when I saw it, it was like God was speaking to me in that moment. He said, it's one thing to ask of me, but it's another thing to do something when you ask. And it was that moment. We should not have had a billboard. We're a local youth ministry in Ormo. We don't have billboards. Like, we don't have that type of budget, but because we were able to put our faith into action and say, you know what, God, this is your thing, this is your church, this is your event, that I'm trusting you with this. And you know what, and every time we drove past, like me and the creative director at Youth, we had dreamed about this and we said, nah, it won't ever happen. And then here we were looking at this billboard and it was just a testament to the goodness of God. But guess what? God's got more billboard miracles for you and me. God's got more billboard miracles that if we will just keep on praying, but then get active with our faith and say, you know what? I'm asking big questions, God, but what am I doing? What am I physically doing to help that, that become a reality? 
The reality is we can't fail with God. One, one person says it like this. If you, knew, uh, if you knew you could do anything and not fail, what would you do? And that's the reality. With God, we do not fail. We overcome, and He continues to do something in our life. Do we really want to step out? Do you really want to ask that question of God? That's one thing we need to be careful of. If we're going to ask the big questions, if we want to have the big dreams, if we want to have the big visions, then we've got to place our heart and our minds and our faith in a place where we are willing to outwork that physically. Be careful what you ask for. It might just happen. Point number three. It's better to show little faith than none at all. Verse 30, but when he saw the strong wind and waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? If I can have the band get back up. I love this point in the story because I always used to look at Peter in this part and go, oh, poor Peter. You know, he tried. Who's, who's been there? Like, you used, like, when you're young and you're reading this story, you're like, Peter, you did, a, you did a fairly good job. You really tried your heart out, but you, you, know, you began to sink. And I used to read this story like Peter almost got the miracle, and then he sort of like let, faith, let, let, let his faith down, and then he starts to sink. But I, I came to the realization that Peter was actually the one who was gaining something. He was actually the only one in this story who was actually outworking his faith. And Peter did not fail in this story. The men who were sitting in the boat, they failed. It was the men who were sitting in the boat, the ones who didn't show any faith at all, the ones who weren't willing to ask a big question of Jesus, the ones who weren't willing to put their faith into action. They failed in this circumstance. They failed in this situation to see Jesus move. Faith is in the absence of doubt. It's doing it in, in, even though you have doubt. See, while Peter sat in the boat, he was comfortable, he was complacent, he was secure, he was safe. But when he stepped out, he was uncertain, he was weak, but he became strong. And just because he began to sink does not mean that he failed. And there'll be moments in our life where we feel like we're sinking, but guess what? I would rather sink and be saved than to sit in the boat and be sure. I would rather sink and be saved than to sit in the boat of complacency and safety and be sure about everything that's happening in my life. I would rather be saved. I don't know about you, but I would rather be saved and taken with Jesus. You see, in the moment, only one of the disciples got a personal encounter with God that day. Literally, as he, as he began to sink, it says the winds and the waves picked up and his eyes were drawn to everything else around him. And that happens in our life sometimes. We can see the wind and the waves and circumstances and situations and our eyes start to get drawn by everything else around us. But even in the moments where we take that step out in God and we begin to sink, we feel like we've done too much, that's not failure. That's something that's building our faith. It would be a failure to stay safe, certain and secure in this life and not step out into the things that God has for us. It would be a failure to show no faith than to show little faith. Although Peter had little faith, I would rather have little faith than to show nothing. I would rather be saved than to be safe. I would rather be saved than be secure. Mark 8, 29, Jesus says, who am I? There was only one man who knew 
There was only one man who was able, who was able to take on that mentality that this was not just a man, this was not just a prophet, but this was the Messiah. Because Peter replied, you are the Messiah. And Jesus says, heaven has revealed this to you. But heaven revealed that to Peter because Peter had taken it upon himself to get personal revelations that although, although it doesn't need to make sense, it doesn't need to be certain, but Jesus is something different. He's not just hope on Sunday or hope on Monday. He's hope all through the weeks, every year, all through seasons, valleys, mountaintops. He's not just there when we need Him. He's there when we don't want Him, when we don't think we need Him. He's always waiting on us. I think one of the things that we could do as a church is get sick of safe, get sick of playing it safe, get sick of wanting to be so certain and get into the boat of I'm uncertain about what's going to happen, but I know that God is good in every season. I'd rather sink and be saved than to float and gloat about how I know everything that's going to happen. I'm sure about everything that's happening out in the world. I have mentalities that are above everybody else and have reasons that are above. I know how to read what's going on with current world events. I know insights that nobody else knows. I would rather sink and be saved than to float and gloat about those types of things. This year, are we willing to start to show a little faith? We don't need huge faith. Faith is built. We take our faith on the journey and we build it. Ask a question. Make a move. What will you do in the storms of 2021? Who will you be? The one discovering the unknown possibilities or the one judging from the safety of the known? See, there's a life of adventure and there's a life of newfound things on the, for those who are willing to step out and step in to Jesus. We don't know it all. We may step out and we may fail or seemingly fail. But let's live a life that's not so certain, but that's found in the hope of God. Remember, when we're strong, when we feel strong, that's when we're weakest. But when we feel weak, when we feel uncertain, that's when we're strongest. Faith can't be subject to conditions. Big questions lead to big answers. And it's better to show a little faith than none at all. When we stand to our feet. safety safety is a thing that we get addicted to safety is a thing that we want with everything that's within us sure being sure about everything and certain about everything that's why COVID has annoyed so many people and made so many people anxious is because people are just so used to being so certain about what their week's going to look like and what their days are going to look like and what their jobs are going to look like and what their finances are going to look like and what the future is going to look like but what happens when we don't have that option do we lose it? Do we just throw it all out? Do we step away from God and say, you were never there for me? Or do we go, God, I'm leaning in. I'm leaning in. See, safety, the security of safety is a hard thing to break, but it needs to be broken. Because the gospel shows us that everything Jesus did was uncertain. His disciples went with him when he called them. It was an uncertain future. Jesus says it himself, foxes have dens, birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to rest his head, uncertain. 
let's get used to leaning in to the uncertainty, leaning into the weakness that we find ourselves into so that we can gain the strength that only God can provide. Would we raise our hands and close our eyes in this moment? Father God, we just pray right now for our world. Father God, I just thank You, Lord, in this moment that You or Your presence would just start to dwell within us. Father God, start to break down walls and barriers that we've placed and the security blankets that we thought we needed, we release them right now to You, Father God. Those things, Lord, that we needed to let go of, to let God into. God, we thank You, Lord, that we don't have to be comfortable people. We just need to be people who learn to trust You in every season, at every place and every space we find our life. Father God, I thank You, it's You that You're the answer that humanity desperately needs, that You're the certainty that humanity desperately needs, that You're the hope that humanity desperately needs, that Father God, although we have wisdom, although we have our understanding, we, we give You the places and spaces in our life that we just don't know, that we don't know, Lord, what we're doing. We don't know where we're going. We don't know how it's gonna work out. But one thing we do know, and we remind ourselves today, that You are good in every season, that You are for us, You are not against us, that You are our strength in our weakness, that Father God, as we, as we give up our strength, we bring in Your strength, that Father God, at the end of our strength is the beginning of You. So Father God, across this place, help us to step out and step in. Help us not to be confound and restricted and contained by the things that we've known for too long. Help us to exercise faith like Peter, who although he started to sink and although he needed saving, he had a little faith. And from that spark of little faith, he was able to do immeasurably more than he could hope, dream or imagine. Help us to be a church that Lord is on fire for the things of you, who doesn't need Lord explanations, who doesn't need information, who doesn't need all of the knowledge in the world, who doesn't need answers, but Lord who turns to you and says, God, let your will be done in me. Let your work be done through me. Lord, I want what you want. I'm going where you want me to go. That Father God, we are okay with being lost. We're okay because we know that we're found. We're okay with being not sure because we know that you are sure. We're okay with being in the storms of life because we know that you calm the winds. We are okay with being on the, on the water's edge because you, we know that you can teach us to walk. So Father God, help us to walk this life and walk this journey with faith growing. Help us to walk this life and walk this journey with faith building. I just wonder if we could sing that song. Hands up, hearts open wide. And as we sing this song this morning, I just, I just encourage you. When we raise our hands, it's an act of surrender, but surrender that very thing that you've been trying to hang on to. That very thing that you're just not sure about and you've been trying, you've been trying, release it in this atmosphere. Ask that big question of God and ask for a direction. Ask that big question, God, what would you do? What would you do if I asked you this? How would you, how would you use me if I asked you this? Let's start to sing that song right now. Start to declare those words. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. 
across this place, Father God. declare that right now. Declare that right now. Surrender. We surrender to you, Father God. Come on, Father God. We need your anointing. We need your power. We need your grace. Right now, if you if you know that you you've been hanging on to some certainties, but God's been challenging you, can you release that to me? Right now in this atmosphere, would you raise your hand to heaven? I just want to. Thank you, thank you. Father God, do what you will. Help us to release and let go and bring in your presence into that very thing. Help us to trust you more. Help us to learn to lean on you more, lean on your understanding, lean on your strength in this, in this place, Father God. And lastly, if there's somebody in the room with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you've never been in a service like this, then I want to just take this opportunity because this is worth it and this is for you. But I would love just to, to include you in a prayer. And I know you may not get, you may not have been in church before, you may not get this whole Jesus thing that I've been talking about, but I just want to ask, would you do something bold? Would you just raise your hand in this place so I include you in this prayer? and that you could start this journey today. Is there anybody here today? Awesome, awesome. I'll include you in that prayer. Is there anybody else? Come on. That, I see that hand. Thank you. Anybody else? I want to wait one more time because you're worth it, but this Jesus that I talk about, He doesn't just sound good. He is good. He doesn't just... He doesn't sound great. He is great. So if there's anyone else, one more time. Fantastic. Why don't we pray this all together today? Because we're all, we're all on the journey today. Let's pray this prayer after me. Say, Dear Lord, today I let go and let God. I ask that you would forgive me as I turn from my past and I lean into your future. I believe that you gave your life so that I could have life. Today I say yes, and I let the journey begin. Amen. Why don't we give it up for God in this place? For those that did raise your hand, we'll be in contact with you after the service just to explain what you've done. But I want to encourage us all. Let's not go to the degree that we see around us in the world. Let's not carry the mindset that we see around us. Let's learn to trust God in these uncertain times, to trust Him despite what we see, despite how we feel, and to learn to lean in Him so that He can do something new in us. Amen? Great.